peace with God is about relationship. One purpose is that of harmony. Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about in the Jewish circles what's called the Shema. It is Israel's base confession of faith. It is a way of life. To us, that's that's something like 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The last time we talked about having peace with God, that as we come in relationship to God uh, through Christ Jesus, we're no longer his enemy. Uh, we have peace with God. Now we're talking today about the peace of God. What, what, what does it or what should it look like? Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39, uh, Jesus being the mediator between God and man, uh, speaks these words. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that's harmony. That's peace. And so we can't really have the peace of God without having peace with God. It's all about relationship. So when we become believers, the Holy Spirit indwells us. And, and one of the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5, tells us uh, one of the fruit is peace. And while peace uh, can be predicated upon external forces even when when external um, exhibits chaos the the internal can be at peace scripture says in philippians 4 um, calls it a peace that surpasses all understanding and so when 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 things look out of control uh, when they when their purpose is to to um, get us off kilter, um, we can have a peace that steadies us. And not only can people not comprehend it, we, we can't often comprehend it while we're at peace, you know, when certain things are going on. Um, because we know the enemy's job is to to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So in the midst of, of, of a lot of things that are going on externally, um, we can have internal knots. There can be a, uh, stuff just, just going in circles on the inside of us, um, causing, you know, knots and ulcers and a lot of other sicknesses and diseases. Um, when God simply says that that he can give us a peace that passes all understanding, uh, 
so that no matter what it looks like on the outside externally, uh, we can have peace on the inside. God's peace is really uh, indescribable. It calms, it soothes, it encourages, uh, it navigates and propels not only uh, to the storms of life, but through the storms of life. In other words, uh, a lot of times everyone can have some sort of peace or comfort when everything is good. But to the believer, really, God gives us peace as we go to the, uh, the storms. Even before storms come, we can have a peace that is that is drastically different than what the world or what unbelievers encounter. Uh, because a lot of times as we it's just like we're traveling the highways and sometimes as we travel the highways, uh, you see uh, signs not for detours, but you see the. The, the markers that tell you how far to the to next ex- exit or or to the na- next um, uh, destination that we're trying to get to, we'll see those mile markers, uh, which indicate um, where we're going. And so life is is sometimes like that. That even though the storms lay a good way ahead, God sometimes give. Uh, gives us indicators um, as to what not necessarily specifically lies ahead, but that something does lie lie ahead. And even when we see those or notice those, we're at peace as we go to them. And then we can keep the peace of God as we go through them. So, So he gives us peace before we go to them. And then he gives us peace through them, which means that that while we're in them, we can be at peace. And and while we're in them here, he's navigating us um, in a peaceful mode as we go through them. Through them means that we come out uh, having experienced the storm. We, we come out, but we still can can have peace even in all of that. Another aspect of peace. Uh, scripture tells us that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. And so how is this the peace of God? Somebody might ask that question on that last last scripture that we, we read. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. <laughs> how is this uh, the peace of God? Think about it. Two enemies. But they're at peace. We look at it like this um, as wartime or peacetime when there are no wars or when there is no battle taking place among enemies. That's how we normally look at it. However, just because there is no war going on that we can see. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is peace just because there's, there's no war going on that we can see with our physical eyes, it does not mean that we're at peace. See, there can be cease, but no peace. Thank you, Lord. There can be cease, but no peace. In other words, we, the enemy is clever also. He can make things appear okay when they're really not okay. 
And at the same time, he can he can make things look like chaos when there's really no chaos because his his desire is to get us distracted and off of the will of God and and off of trusting God and walking by faith. So so in moments there can be cease. But but yet we still are at war on the inside. We, we there's still chaos going on the inside of us. There's still uncertainty and doubt and confusion and all these things that are really warring on the inside of us. And we're really not at peace, even though there's cease. And so the peace of God is a calming, restful influence that is internal in spite of what is going on externally. Um, The book of of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. In in accounts, I think where that is in the um, Hebrew, it says that he will keep him in peace, peace, mean it's meaning it's double which which when you see the word uh doubled like that in in scripture there is an emphasis on that word so what it's really saying is that that when we uh keep our mind on God uh trusting in him to lead us he'll keep us he'll keep us in peace uh, to the utmost, to the to what we said earlier, to to that which <laughs> that we can't even explain, that we can't even understand or comprehend, He'll keep us in peace, peace. Um, because our focus or our faith is on Him, because we trust in Him, and so the 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 problem that lies within all of us, not most of us, is that all of us is that when we come to a point of unraveling. And we really can't experience peace. It's because we've lost our focus, uh, because our faith has been somewhat diminished. Uh, we're not pra- practicing it, and and it seems to show that at that moment, in what we see or in what we're experiencing, that we don't really trust God, because what we see or what we're experiencing is more weighty upon us than the weight of God's trust or what is more valuable and worth to us at the moment is what we're experiencing more than it is um, uh, what we're experiencing um, through God. And so um, we can have, uh, let's see how, let's see how we want to say this. We can have something, and yet we don't know how to use it. And so it's really not as valuable to us as it can be. By the same token, we can also have something, know how to use it, but don't use it. In other words, we can still have peace with God. We can still have relationship with God and yet not operate in the peace of God. We, we, we can be God's children. We can be God's child and yet not operate in a lot of the things that he's given us to freely operate in us. 
and uh, and and those are mostly because we walk still in this flesh and we can be easily distracted and and lose our focus and a lot of those things um so sometimes it'll be harder for us to walk in the peace of God uh, based on the external situations that we see <laughs> and and the limited knowledge that we really have um because we know what God's word says about about trusting him and having faith and all those things but sometimes it's just <laughs> those the, it, it's hard to practice those things um in the moment and we might touch on the moment in a, in a, in a while um in illustration, I'm reminded of uh, the time where Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and then a storm shows up, you know, uh, that 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 kind of puts the preaching in me right there. A storm shows up uh, because there are times in our life where storms just show up. Things things just happen. They happen unexpectedly, unexpectedly. And, and, and then sometimes they they happen we know that they're going to happen, but it's still a storm, I guess, because of the nature of what is what is happening to us or or within us or around us. But in any event, this this storm shows up and Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat. And while the boat is filling with water, you know, I can I can see in the natural, I can see the, the disciples uh fear in the moment because we all get in those moments where things just press upon us and happen and and we don't rest in the peace of God and they have the very peace (laughs) they have the prince of peace right there in their midst and and they're still um, at a loss and so just imagine sometimes when we don't walk as closely with God as they were with Jesus right then on the boat, it's easy for our peace to be disturbed. Um, but the good thing about it is that in this in the in the scripture that we are highlighting, uh, being justified by faith, um, we have peace with God. So so now God is on our side, and we're on God's side, and God is not our enemy. So because God is not our enemy. Uh, James says, I think James says that he will freely give us or Peter, he will freely give us all things. And so that 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 one of those things that are freely given to us is peace. But in in any event, as as the boat is filling with water, uh, the disciples are at a loss here. And the first thing is interesting here is that. These are fishermen who have no doubt experienced storms before. And so my question is, which is 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 basically a rhetorical question at this point, is is so how did they handle it before before Jesus? Because obviously, as as fishermen, they've been out on the sea before. And I'm sure at least on one occasion, a storm has has arisen. So what did they do before? You know, that's a rhetorical question. It's, it, it, we probably can delve into it, but it's not going to help us right at this moment, I don't think. The second part that I find here is that Jesus is present. And he's 
and, and having been their teacher and their leader and having seen him do uh, miraculous things, they have an expectation of him. You know, it's it's one thing to to go through life and not have experienced something. But when you go through life and have experienced some things that set you up for expectations for something else. So they've been taught by this man and they've seen uh, the, the, the mastery that he has uh, of the word of God. And they seen that there's something extraordinary about him, uh, his leadership skills and, and, and how he carries himself and the miracles he's performed. They've seen him do those things. And so they have an expectation. So, so, and that's going to lead me to say something that I think is interest, interesting is that, that we would love to have Jesus by our side, you know, as believers now, uh, we have the Holy spirit. Yes. But what I'm saying, just in that moment or in any moment, just to have Jesus at our side, knowing who he is. And so here's the thing that 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 is interesting to me or, or can be interesting is the fact that. That though Jesus was there, they had expectations of him and they haven't learned wisdom or the application of the knowledge or the faith um, that he has given them as they've been with him. In other words, what I'm saying is that that Jesus has not been with them for no reason. He's he's been there to teach them and then and lead them and guide them and show them uh, and instruct them. And yet at a moment when they are to apply what they have have learned they turn to Jesus. Now that's a good thing. But at the same time, Jesus was in retrospect trying to teach them a lesson that they need to apply that which they have learned. And so what I'm saying is, is that sometimes we have an expectation of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. And it's good in moments to turn to him but there are certain moments where he has he has given us the authority and the ability and the faith and the instruction and the wisdom and all these things to carry out um, that which we need. And instead of us doing that, we we um, succumb to the difficulties of the moment. In other words, what I'm saying is that that they had the ability to to do some things themselves that they didn't do. Now, now we know that this is a part of the mission of Jesus to to show who he was, his deity and the power of who he was. Uh, But by the same token, the disciples had an opportunity uh, to to walk in the peace of God themselves. And so because they were not at peace, they wake Jesus up and they ask him a question uh, because they were not at peace. They say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus stands up in the midst of the storm. In today's light, 
to the unbeliever, he stands up inviting you to salvation. To the believer, the Holy Spirit stands up to guide and lead us into all that is true, into the way of God. So Jesus stands up, he rebukes the wind and says to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus then asked them two questions as he's told um, the sea to be to peace, to be still. Jesus asked them two questions. First question, he says, why are you so fearful? The second question is, he says, how is it that you have no faith? And then the scripture says, and they were even more afraid and said to each other, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Guess what? If God can do that with the storm on the outside, what can he do about the storms on our inside? If Jesus can, can do that with the storms on the outside, guess what? He can do with the storms on our inside. He can speak peace to them. Um, it just fascinated me um, that that when he did that, that he asked them two questions: Why are you so fearful? we say that fear is, is often the, the absence of faith. And so there, if there's an absence of faith, there may be an absence of peace because to be fearful means that you're not at peace. And then he says, how is it that you have no faith? And so it's evident of them not having faith. They were not at peace because they wake Jesus up and shake him. They couldn't just be content with him being asleep and knowing everything was going to be all right. <laughs> but Jesus gets up and shows them just as, as the, as uh, we ha now have the word, it shows us that, that if he can calm the storm, the sea that, that he created, surely he can make peace in our lives no matter what we're going through, if we just trust him, you know, we don't have to wake him up. He's already awake and, and he'll show us how how to have those things in our life be calm on the inside. No matter what's on the outside, he's able to speak to those situations in our life and and bring us on in peace. And And one of the things that it shows um, specifically to have the peace of God is that we have to have a relationship with God. We have to have peace with God before we can have the peace of God. And secondly, it talks about a mindset. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse six says uh, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we have to have a mind that is spiritual. So in times of chaos, we need to have a mind of the spirit that is controlled by the word of God and and the, the will of God, the plan of God uh, that calls us at times to pray and to meditate and to fast and to do certain things or to be about certain things so that we can be at peace 
and easily or more easily do those things that are required of of we the believer. Uh, finally, as Jesus uh, prepares to leave the world uh, through his death, he comforts his, his disciples in John chapter 14 and verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, let not your heart be troubled. I'm, I'm, I'm going away. I'm leaving. But be at peace. You know, be, be at peace because there's a reason for this. Uh, I know what you see, I know what you hear, and what I'm telling you uh, can be hard to bear, but you can still be at peace with it because you know it's in the plan and will of God. Then in verse 14 and 27, he lays it out a little more for him. He says, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give to you. He said, not as the world gives it, gives it to you, but he says, my peace. And so that lets us know that there is a, a distinction. There is a difference, a vast difference between the, what the world views as peace and what Jesus gives us as peace. And so if there is a distinction and there is a difference, then there is a... a um, to me, there is a substantial uh, advantage to having the peace that Jesus gives as opposing to have the peace that the world gives. Um, it says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the peace that he gives can keep us in a time of trouble, can keep us in a time when we can be fearful. Because he says, I'm giving you this peace. And this peace that I'm giving you is not like that of the world. And so when I give it to you, I can say, don't let your heart be troubled. And don't be afraid. Because it's the peace of God. Because God is not troubled. God is not afraid. God is not, God is not anxious about anything. And so when we operate within the peace of God, we can operate at a higher level of, of acceptance and, and, and going through, for my lack of a better word right now. In other words, when the peace of God resides in you or in me or in us, um, and we allow it to comfort us, our inside can be at rest instead of restless. When the peace of God resides in you and you allow it to comfort you, your inside can be at rest instead of restless. In John 16, 33, uh, Jesus says these words. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation." In other words, it, it, we shouldn't think it's strange when, when the fiery darts come against us, when we have to go through certain things. And the word tribulation uh, in the Greek uh, uses words such as pressure or distress or affliction. So, so in the world, we're going to be under pressure. In, in the world, we're going to have moments when we're in distress. In the world, we're going to have moments when we are afflicted or tried. But Jesus said, be of good Cheer, I have overcome the world. 
And here is, is what I will leave you with in this segment for today. Is that as he says these words, he says, I've overcome the world. And if we're in him, in him, in him, and he has overcome, guess what? We are overcomers. And we'll know that later on, Paul calls us more than conquerors, conquerors. But here in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says we can have peace because we're in him because he's already overcome the world. In other words, all the things that he has had to endure, um, according to Hebrews chapter three, I believe it is. Or my yeah, somewhere in Jesus. Um, he, Jesus was tempted in, in every point as we were yet without sin. So he has had to endure things that 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 are not outside of the realm of the things that he had to endure and he overcame them. And we can take comfort and heart in that and be at peace knowing that if we're in him, then then if we can operate in the peace of God. So I leave you with this. As told in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, Christ himself is our peace. And because Christ himself is our peace and he is the prince of peace, we can have the peace of God. If Christ is our peace and we rest in him, and in the peace that he's given us. And not, oh yeah, it'll be hard at times to do. And sometimes we will fail. There's no doubt in that. But the reality and the truth is that because he is our peace. And he has overcome. And he is the prince of peace. We can have the peace of God. And we can operate in the peace of God. And we can have a peace that passes all understanding because we're in fellowship with him. Have a good day and join us next time on In the Making.